I'm Shelby, and I'm from Reynoldsburg, Ohio. So what was broken on my car was really unique, and they did a wonderful job at tracking it down and had it there the next day and fixed. 3C dealt with my insurance, so I just got to sit back, and they took care of everything. I had my car back within a week, then somebody else hit it, and now I find myself back at 3C Body Shop. I would recommend 3C to family, friends, and anybody who's been an ex. 3C Body Shop. Hey guys, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions like how do I record an episode? How do I get my show into the apps all the people like to listen to? And how do I make money from my podcast? Well, the answer to every one of these questions is really simple. It's called Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and extremely easy to use. And now... Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I've been using Anchor now for, oh, almost a year, and I really enjoy it. It's a lot easier than any of the other podcast apps I've ever tried. And again, it's free, guys. It really is free. It doesn't cost anything. Uh, So if you want to get started on a podcast and making money doing it, then go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start. Anchor, the best way to podcast. This is the Ranger Report Podcast. News, insights, predictions, interviews, and information about the Texas Rangers from the major leagues to the minor leagues. And now, here are your hosts, Ben Dieter and C.J. Berryman. All right, everybody, welcome to the Ranger Report podcast. Hope you enjoyed our last episode with Jared Sandler of the Louisiana Hot Sauce Rangers Radio Network. If you listen on the radio at all, they say that about 400 times a game now because they have to. But yes, I am Ben Dieter. You can find me at BDieter75 on the Twitters. I am CJ Berryman. You can find me at CJB underscore RR on that Twitbox thing. And, of course, you can find both of us at The Ranger Report on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, and at therangerreport.com. See, if you stretch it out, people remember it. That's what they tell you in, in broadcasting school. Very good enunciation. Very good. Very good stretching it out. You gave it time to breathe. I'm telling you, that that's why we're professionals who get paid absolutely nothing to do this. Anyway, um, yeah. we have a lot to talk about tonight, uh, even though we just did a podcast on Thursday with Jared Sandler, which was a lot of fun. And I think we'll start tonight with Adolis Garcia, if I could say his name correctly. Adolis Garcia. Correct. You the, got um, it. But, uh, I, I should have said I stretched that one out on purpose, too, but I didn't. All right. Adolis Garcia, the American missed. League. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the American League Player of the Week. Um, looking at how he did, he had, let's see, he's got uh, 13 hits, 5 home runs, 13 RBIs, and most of that was this last week. Yeah, most of that was last week, and it seemed like there for a small stretch, he was the only one hitting the ball. Now, granted, they did face some really good pitching, but every time, I don't know, he just this year, he's been that guy. It's always been Gallo before, the at least the past two, three years, yeah. whenever he's been healthy, 
the guy that you get excited to watch at the plate. Now it's Adolis Garcia. Yeah. And, man, he's been a pleasant surprise this year. Man, it has been amazing to watch what he's turned into just in the last week. And, again, people go through hot streaks. He is going through, you know, a massive hot streak right now. Hopefully it lasts another week. But watching him play, watching the joy he plays with has just been a ton of fun, man. He is so infectious the way he gets into playing, the way he loves what he's doing out there. And, you know, it seems to be catching on because other guys seem to like David Dahl and, you know, Nate Lowe is starting to get hot again. These guys seem mm-hmm. to be batting better around him because, well, he's he's they have to pitch better to those guys because they don't want to pitch to Adolis Garcia right now. Yeah, Gallo, and nobody's wanting to pitch to Gallo, and he's not taking the bait. He's watching everything. They're trying to bait him and, and throw pitches out of the zone, get him to bite at stuff, and he's not doing it. That's why he leads the league in walks, and we'll get to that later. Yes, but, we will. Uh, Adolis Garcia has been a very big shot in the arm for the Rangers, and that's—I mean—that's the missing piece that they had really in the middle of the order. The middle of the order, they had Solak getting fourth there for a while. They're just—you didn't have that guy. Now you do, and you can flip Nate Lowe and Garcia back and forth between fifth and fourth, depending on a right-hander or left-hander on the mound to get uh, for the opposition. Yeah, and Lowe, uh, we're recording this on a Monday night, and as we're recording it, uh, Nate Lowe has a three-run shot already tonight. And he's now, alert. He's now tied and leads the league in, in, or tied, you know, at the league lead for RBIs again. Lowe is benefiting from having Gallo hitting in front of him because Gallo is getting on base a whole lot, and people are being forced to throw to Lowe because, well, you got Garcia hitting behind him, who's, as we've mentioned, is on a huge hot streak. So Lowe with a three-run homer tonight, no surprise to see him start getting hot and Solak hitting at sixth. I love the way the lineup looks right now against right-handed hitters. Yeah, I right-handed agree. Pitchers, right-handed pitchers. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, we were talking about this off-air when we realized we should probably start the show. But, uh, you know, Gallo is on pace for eight home runs in 2021. We know that's not going to stick. So imagine if if Gallo starts getting hot while Garcia and Lowe are still the way they are. This is going to be one hell of a lineup right there in the middle. Yeah, and we talked before the season started, 242 is what Gallo's hitting right now. And we talked before, if he's hitting 242, 250, my goodness, he's going to be hitting 50 home runs and yada, yada, yada. Well, he's only got one home run, but that's going to come. I mean, take the over-under on Gallo hitting eight home runs the rest of the season. Yeah, I would definitely take the uh, over. Give me the over because, yeah, that's not going to happen. Teams are going to start having to pitch to him, especially with Connor Falefa hitting second now. So yeah. I, I'm really, really liking this team, the way it looks on paper against right-handed pitching. Uh, and that's you know something we're going to talk about with how the lineup, how do you fix it with the, some of the kind of struggles later on, but I think it's just with what Gallo's doing right now, it's just going to set up for an even more successful remainder of the season, and it's going to be interesting to see come trade deadline where the Rangers are, and if Gallo continues to do this and adding power, he might be in for a big haul with that, but it's, he's just going to have to keep have to maintain and sustain and. One thing about Gallo, though, is he's going to continue to draw walks. He's always done that. So yeah. it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be fun to watch Gallo. I still get excited uh, when he gets up to the plate, wondering if he's going to crush one, you know, 500 feet. But uh, and, and adding, adding in Garcia there in the middle of the lineup to watch, it's starting to get fun, Ben. Yeah, I agree, and I'll tell you what, it's going to be a good season. It's been, and people, of course, are somewhat frustrated because they've been pitching really good, and uh, they haven't been winning games, and now they're, you know, hitting really good, the pitching uh, poor, because they've been pitching really good, except for uh, Koei Harihara had a rough outing yesterday, but they've been pitching really good, and they've been hitting okay, and they just aren't winning those games. They kind of got dominated by Man Bun yesterday in uh, in Chicago. Oh, Mr. Man Bun. Yeah, but he, he, I'll tell you what, he pitched good, but... 
part of it, in my opinion, and a lot of people's opinions, was there was not uh, good home plate umping in that game on Sunday. It was pretty bad, and in fact, the first inning was kind of laughable because yeah. it looked like, especially the Gallo at bat, Gallo struck out, but it looked like Gallo looked lost, the umpire looked lost, and even their catcher, the Chicago's catcher, looked lost. Yeah, uh, you know the <laughs> Mr. Manbun. Uh, was crossing up everybody, and, and it ended up with 10 strikeouts in five innings. He's a very talented player. He just doesn't look very good doing it. No, he doesn't. And and the thing about that game yesterday was it just – it was very frustrating because, you know, he, he the, the strike zone was different for both pitchers. And I'm not saying yeah. Arihara got totally robbed. He wasn't pitching real well. But he didn't get any borderline calls, and it seemed like Man Bun got a lot of borderline calls. Yeah, he was he was getting a whole, whole bunch. And it's just one of those frustrating games, and it was that way from beginning to end, really. And, and it was one that was hard to watch, but you and I are Rangers masochists. We're going to watch them for Oh, yeah, we're going to watch no matter what. So speaking of masochists, um, Leody Tavares finally got sent down as Mr. C.J. Brayman has predicted was going to happen soon. He is down to the alternate training site now. He uh, struck out, I think, in 80% of his at-bats. Yeah, and it's, again, we've said it before, and, and we kind of were, were seeing this coming two weeks ago. And, you know, it's just one of those deals where he just isn't quite ready for the big league level. Now, we... Jared Sandler on our last podcast, if you listen, really elaborated and went in-depth about Laoti, and he said, I'm not saying he's going to be a future Hall of Famer, but essentially he's got all the tools to be an excellent, excellent everyday center fielder uh, for the future, hopefully for the Rangers, but right now is just not his time. He didn't even hit 100, so uh, yeah, he hit under 100, was striking out a lot, and that's not indicative of the player he is. Like I've said before, I covered him up here in Amarillo when he came to play the sod poodles a lot. And that's, I mean, just confidence-wise, body language-wise, he looked just kind of out of place. When when I saw him in person, I mean, he was confident. He was comfortable. He was in control of the plate when he was hitting. Uh, He was in control of the game, period. He went out to center field, it's an out. And that's just what what you saw this year to start for Laoti's career. Um, You know, he gave you flashes at the end of last year, what he can do this year you just the growing pains and, and that's something that we mentioned before the season started there's gonna be a lot of that because there's a lot of young players on this team especially with him only being 22 and having very little experience above a ball as jared sandler mentioned the the times that i saw him up here in double a uh in amarillo was uh, just a you know his it, he had just been called up and was very effective looked very comfortable but uh hopefully he's able to to get that comfort level later on but it might take a little bit and it's a learning experience one thing that rangers fans can appreciate is that he got mlb eyes uh so far this season and and they gave him plenty of opportunities so yeah that's the thing is he is the future center fielder of this franchise in my opinion he's that good he like you said he's transcendent in center center field you know that he's going to catch the ball when it goes out there he's just got to build a little more confidence and i think some time in double a or maybe triple a i'm not sure where they're going to start him is going to help him out a whole lot yeah, and, and we didn't. Even, we haven't even mentioned his base, his uh, base running ability. He's he's a danger on the on yeah. the base pass. He's just got to get on. Yeah, and, and usually he does. I mean, he's not. He, his whole career in minor leagues, he's not been a strikeout guy. He he's very good at contact. He's a good contact hitter. Puts the ball in play, and puts stress on the defense with his speed and base running ability. He's got everything you want except for the power. He's not going to be a power hitter, but he's going to be a guy that's going to 
give defenses, opposing defenses, fits whenever he's able to get on the bases. You know, you've watched A-ball. I have, too. You know, the difference in pitching between A-ball and the majors is just, oh, I mean, ridiculous. Astronomical. I mean, you're facing guys that are still trying to figure themselves out. Yeah. Not just not just figure out how to pitch at a major league level, how to pitch, how to pitch pro ball, period. Yep. So... Yeah, it's a whole different ball game there, and and Laoti is was above the curve. He's just got that talent, that natural ability. He's above the curve. He can naturally do things faster and, and comprehend baseball faster than most people at his age. Yeah, uh, he just hit the brick wall, and that's the major league level. And it's very early, very 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 early for Laoti. So, just I would say be patient with him if you're a Rangers fan, and be patient with the team overall, but especially with him because. He has the capability of being an outstanding center fielder for a long time and, again, hopefully with the Rangers. Yeah, I've got all the confidence in the world that he is going to wind yeah. up being a fantastic center fielder. I'm not concerned. I'm, I, I understand why he got sent down, but I'm not concerned about it at all. So I think you're looking at a guy that is going to be the future of the Rangers in center field, and the Rangers fans are going to love watching play and is going to make some amazing catches up out in center field. And another thing is that, you know, this was the perfect opportunity for them to get him some major league experience in a season where you're getting a whole lot of young guys major league experience. Yeah. So why not? I, I Personally, I think it would, they, they gave him too long of a leash. Yeah. But, you know, it, I'm not making the calls, although uh, Woody's following my Twitter handle, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, of course. So anyway, uh, uh, let's move on to pitching, which has been just, well, the Rangers up until after yesterday, I don't know that they still are, but they were leading the majors in ERA over the last week, week and a half. The starting pitching has been nothing short of incredible. Oh, it's been awesome. And a lot of credit goes to Doug Mathis, who they brought in as pitching coach. Uh, before the season, and Mathis actually pitched for the Rangers. He made his MLB debut, debut for the Rangers back in 2010, a uh, long time ago. We're getting old. He's my age, in fact, but uh, he's obviously doing better things with his life than I am. <laughs> However, uh, no, he's done a great job, and, and they made pitching a focal point coming into the season. And it's like, hey, stop, you know, piddling around on the mound and go and attack people. And man, that's what that's been the case. Go out there and use your best stuff. And as we were talking about off air before uh, we got on here, they're able to, with this tandem idea, the starting pitching is able to go out there and go full bore uh, right off the bat instead of trying to save themselves and go deep into the ball game. They're able to go, hey, I got four or five innings to go out there and get my best stuff. And I think that's been effective. And the guys piggybacking them, guys that probably are going to be, at least we hope, starting pitchers later on like Taylor Hearn. Yep. Uh, yeah, and uh, Colby Allard and, and, and Kyle Cody, uh, a lot of guys out of there that may be future starting pitchers and not just not just tandem starters. So the guys that have been following have been doing pretty well. I know Hearn's got a high ERA, but the, you can tell that guy's got swing and miss stuff and dominant stuff. Yeah, He's just, again, another super young player that's getting his feet wet, and he shows that he can compete at the major league level. I know last year was a little – he had some nerves going on last year when he got to, got his feet wet, had yeah. his cup of coffee at the big league level. But, you know, it's it's just one of those years. And, I mean, I knew this would be fun. And actually, Ben, I'm having more fun watching this team yeah, than I, am I too. actually anticipated. Yeah, I am too. Because And it's because of the fact that they're having spots of brilliance like they have in the last week with the starting pitching. And, like, when Taylor Hearn is on, like you're saying, he's so much fun to watch. And then when it starts falling apart, you feel bad for him, but it's still not – you know, bad. It's just he, he goes through those spells where he either gets nervous or he loses his command. But man, when he has his command, he is unhittable. Yeah, there's no touching it. And it, it just reminded me 
a little bit of Derek Holland. He yeah. has that little bit of Derek Holland in him because when when Holland first came up, man, he was he was whizzing the ball at 95, 96, 97 from from a left-handed side of the pitcher's rubber, and that stuff is hard to hit. Yeah, uh, Lance Berkman, if you remember the World Series 2011, yeah, I'm going back there. <laughs> uh, Derek Holland had a dominant performance against an incredibly stout St. Louis Cardinals lineup in a high-pressure situation, just flat-out went out there and dominated, and they asked Lance Berkman after the game, what was he doing on the mound that had y'all so discombobulated? And his answer was, he's left-handed, and he was throwing 97. And that was his answer. <laughs> yeah. And that's what Taylor Hearn brings. Yeah. And with with good breaking stuff, a real good slider, a good cut fastball, uh, he's got he's got the tools to go out there and, and be just flat-out dominant when he's on. So I'm excited about the pitching. I mean, I'm really excited about everything we've seen so far, except for the fact that my guy, Kyle Cody, was on the IL, put on the IL the other night. Yes, he was. And that that is, I, I don't think, from what I understand, it's going to be a very long stint on the IL. I don't think he'll be out for very long. But, yeah, that one was kind of a, you know, oh, here he goes. And he did not look good in his last outing, and apparently that's yeah. why. And I was a little yeah. worried about him because he didn't look the same in his last outing. But he goes on the IL right after that, so it probably means that he wasn't the same, and that's why he didn't pitch so great. Well, and he, he threw a lot of he's, – he's thrown quite a bit this year. Yes, he and has. He, again, another guy that has not played above high A ball. Or high a ball. So he got a he got a whole whole new type of workload, and they were going to him quite often in that in multiple tandem roles with multiple different pitchers. It just depends on who had the most rest, and a lot of times he was the guy. And maybe it's just a little bit of arm fatigue here early on, and hopefully hopefully my guy is back because I'm rooting for him this year. I've been rooting for him since January. Yeah, well you know Kobe Allard is not hurt, and he's still pitching really well. Hey, hey, hey. Well, <laughs> hey, uh, man, he's yeah, he's got a two, four, five ERA yep. in seven and a third innings, and man, that's a guy we we've, we've talked about a lot about. I know you are still. I'm going to give you credit. I'm going to stop giving you <laughs> stop giving you crap about the Kyle Cody thing. Colby Allard's been very effective. Uh, did not make the initial forty initial roster, but um, yeah, eleven strikeouts yeah. and seven and a third. He's got good stuff. And he, what we we were talking the other day, texting back and forth, and I said, who, who does he remind you of? A little bit of a Jamie Moyer type. Maybe he, he does, and I should it should be great if he had a career that was that long. Yeah, pitch until he's fifty five. No, <laughs> yeah. not that late, but it was close. It I was, think Warrior was he was forty nine or fifty. I think when he yeah, stopped 49 pitching, forty nine or fifty. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, just kind of reinvented himself. He threw a lot harder whenever uh, yeah. he, he he started, obviously. But he, he and Tom Glavin, a couple guys that you know, crafty lefties that had good arms coming up, but then whenever they started getting older, just reinvented themselves and went change up first changeup was their first pitch so they started pitching backwards um and, and it made their fastballs yeah jamie moyer threw an 82 to 83 mile an hour fastball and it, uh hitters at the plate said it felt like 83 uh, 90 92 93 yeah so you know that's and, and allard already has that kind of look but uh, yeah again another young guy and i'll I, i'll tip my cap to you you i like i liked your pick and i i'd, lo- I'd love to say I only went Kyle Cody because you picked Allard first, but no, <laughs> we had our picks and and I was I was all for for Cody and we both it was a win win. Yeah, I'll give it to. You. I'll say that's one thing is that we were both right. Like this bullpen has been. The thing about it, like we've been saying over and over again, it's young and it's either been really fun to watch or frustrating, but that's how it's going to be when you have all these young guys. But man, each one of these guys, when they're on, they're just completely unhittable. And then man, how good has Ian Kennedy, how good has that signing looked? Hey, 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 another one of my guys, kind of, uh, I guess our guys, it was a guy that we just didn't really talk about much uh, in spring training because 
we just expected him to be there. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, yeah, he was a non-roster invitee, and, and especially when uh, they lost uh, Leclerc. Oh, yeah, Jose Leclerc. Yeah. Scratch that out. Okay, especially, especially when they lost Jose Leclerc, and then they needed a guy to fill in a closer. It was like, well, Ian Kennedy is for sure making the roster, and he's going to be the closer. Yeah, and we have we talked a little bit about him, and and it is how we started out the season and it's just been the same way and it has a uh, man we keep doing this and of course you do it when the team is a it's a whole new batch of players but you compare them to, to past rangers a little joe nathan later on in his career yeah throwing not dominant high 90s but 93 94 and locating it well and vicious movement and a good wipeout slider and and you have the tools of being a shutdown closer, and that's what he is. So, uh, yeah, there's just been a lot of things, a lot of excitement. And, and as you mentioned, the young guys, when they're on, it's it's they're showing you what they can do yeah. whenever they get more experience. And, and when they're off, obviously, they, they kind of derail, and you can tell their confidence gets shaken pretty quickly. But with yep. experience, I think that's just going to kind of work itself out. It's just exciting to see, and, and hopefully, hopefully we're seeing a lot of these guys for a long time. And I think Kennedy is a guy that can bring in some uh, bring in some stuff at the uh, trade deadline if the mm-hmm. Rangers are completely out of it. I think he's a guy that they could uh, they could definitely pawn off for some uh, for some good prospects. Yeah, and and I mean they're guys that we talked about at the beginning of the season. You want to see certain guys such as Kennedy, such as Gallo, guys going into the last years of the deals or, or guys coming back for a last run or a guy trying to revitalize his career as a veteran like such a uh, Brock Holt, uh, Charlie yep. Culberson. Uh, you know, you look at those guys and you're like, yeah, you're getting everything you wanted out of them. And right now, you know, Fulton has, has has rediscovered himself, yep. but he hasn't, you know, he's had he's been another one. It's, it's, it's seen whenever he's on, he's unhittable, but when he's off, it's, it's, it's pretty bad and uh, right now he's got a five three two ERA, but you can tell he's feeling pretty good out there. Yeah, and you know, so and and again, he has the tandem situation. The the tandem thing, I'm I'm really am starting to like, as as we talked about before before getting on here. I, I've really started to like it more than I hated it when it, the idea was first spit out. I don't like the opener. Deal. No, I do not like the opener. But no, this I like tandem, tandem better. Is, I agree. Yeah. And I know the old the old farts are going to say, well, and back in the day they'd throw 14 innings. Yeah, Nolan Ryan did throw a 14 inning complete game. I, I I do recall him doing such a thing. I wasn't alive, but he did do it. Um, and that's just not the way it is anymore. Nope. One is because the the way players and athletes are just built nowadays, they're bigger, stronger, and faster. And the 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 parts of the body, like the tendons and the ligaments and stuff like that, aren't built to handle that kind of stuff. So the wear and tear is, is it's it's just harder on the body as far as that goes so it's just different baseball now and it has to be because just the 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 composition of the body nowadays they're bigger stronger faster except for chris sale yeah yeah he resembles a a guy that would still be skinny back in the day that is correct and i gotta say you know if i threw one 70 mile an hour fastball then i would probably need multiple surgeries on my elbow (laughs) yeah yeah and me being a former pitcher i could do it one time and like you said i'd blow you know i'd need tommy john surgery rotator cuff surgery probably tear an acl or two yeah uh, yeah 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 back injury all that good stuff so yeah if i could give 170 i'd, I'd be happy yeah i mean well i couldn't i mean I, if i threw it 70 it would only make it halfway to the pitching mound because i never pitched so i don't think i could pull that off but, I, haven't, uh, I haven't done a radar gun in a while but i might be able to hit 70 uh, if you pitched before i bet you could you know you're, uh, you're still I'd, young enough you, you still got it 
Uh, now I'm getting intrigued. Now <laughs> I might I might need a stretcher afterwards, but I'm, I might try to do this. I might, uh, might radar gun myself. I'll see if uh, I think I have a family member that's got a radar gun. Ah, so. see, there you go. You can do that, and then uh, we can video it and put it on our YouTube channel, which I've never put anything on. And I'll be I'll be uh, see. We are the the show of integrity here. That's as, right. As everybody knows, and I will be realistic about it. If I throw seventy five, and I'm, I'm gonna hoot and holler about it, and if I throw 65 and injure myself it's still going up so we, this might be a plan this might be a plan this might be I'll, a plan I'll, yeah i'll humor y'all i'll humor I'll, I'll film myself and what i'll do see because i'm not genuine i'll film myself I'll, I'll throw and then i'll show a clip of someone else throwing really fast of the ball and then go back to me and like yeah that was pretty good you just walk and throw your glove up and <laughs> yeah i'm done Is that that's the baseball version of a mic drop you just throw your glove up and walk off the field. yeah i like that i like that that's what i'm gonna do a good idea uh, once again, like I said, we're doing this on uh, on on a Monday night, and boy, Lyles is getting torched. Yeah, it's tied up now. And, no, uh, no, it's six four now. Oh, it is. Man, he I just gave up back to back home runs in the uh, third I saw inning. Saw the trout. Okay, well, yeah. yeah, another one. It's these guys have pitched so good for you know two, three, four starts in a row. That yeah, they're gonna have a bad one. Unfortunately, it's all happening at once. Especially in the case of Otani and. Uh, and Lyle, so yeah. Well, and like we like we've talked about before, and we talked about a little bit tonight. It seems like when the offense is on, the pitching isn't, and when the pitching is on, the offense isn't. Yeah, it has that again early two thousands feel. Yep. where You know, you're having most nights you're having to score four runs or more to have a chance to win, and then when your pitching is out there, it's like the team relaxes too much. Yeah. They're like, oh, we can we got time to come back, or the, oh, it's no big deal. This might be a twelve ten game. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, they can be fun as long as it keeps going back and forth. Yeah, you don't want the Angels just to run away with it. That would stop being fun. Speaking of uh, of Angels running away with it, let's talk about the AL West a little bit. Um, the Athletics are on fire. They won 13 in a row. Yeah, who picked them to win the AL West? I believe that was you, I think. Uh, yeah, right again. Well, no, we're way earlier. Yeah. And uh, we are another, We, you know, we're we're like regular fans in, in this, this category, and that's overreaction. But, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's and I, that's one team that I'm not I'm not rooting against. I'm obviously not rooting for, but if the my pick aside before the season started, if there was a team that I would root for to win the West, not the Rangers, it'd be the A's. Yeah. And because, you know, we talked to – heading into the season about the A's and how they they're always young they've always they're really good at scouting they're really good at developing players and they always are able to inject some veterans in there with some experience to help kind of groom things along faster than usual and the guys that are still not in their prime but still very effective and you know they happen to have two guys that have a had, they have a winning rec, track record mm-hmm. uh, and they when did they get that and, and who they play for yeah, I think you're talking about uh, their shortstop and their first baseman. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, Mitch Moreland and Elvis Andrews. Yeah, those are uh, the ones. Yeah, so they got a winning pedigree, and it's weird to say that, that, it, that you know, the A's are getting guys, and, and or any team is getting, a, any young team, they, they plug in a couple of veterans who have you know, championship experience and the yep. Rangers. So that's kind of cool. And it's kind of cool that it's with the A's and not the Mariners or the Angels or the Astros. And one thing I'm loving about the Astros this year is they seem to be pretending that they're not rebuilding when they really need to be. Yep, they're hanging on a little too long. Yeah, and that's great for for Rangers fans because there's a slight chance we could actually finish above the Astros this year. And uh, I'm playing the world's smallest violin right now for Astros fans. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. 
it's so small, I can't hardly get the notes out. Well, their team is kind of, you know, in a trash can right now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> Woo. All right, anyway, no, but they, they're not playing good. They have, what is, I think, four or five of their stars on the injured list right now, and it's just, you know, they got, I know the big one is Altuve's on the injured list, and they just, they are not, uh, not playing up to their, their uh, last few years of playing it's been kind of rough to watch which again i'm not really losing any sleep over that uh, yeah the astros this year have that 2014 yeah. rangers feel where you go into spring training and you're excited you got you know the big name players and all that good stuff and then you have a u darvis injury and then a prince fielder injury and then you know it just derails from there that's kind of what i feel with the the astros what do you think yeah, yeah, I agree. I think, I think that they're going to have a pretty tough season. I think that, uh, you know, and it's starting. These guys are getting older, and they're starting to get injuries, and they're starting to, you know, their pitching staff is not obviously what it once was. Their their defense and their offense is not what it once was, you know, and they're just they're not looking great. And I'm not saying they can't come back because they can. They can still have a, good, a nice season, but as of right now, on you know overreaction, the first 20 games of the season, they don't look like a team that's going to compete for the AL West. No, they kind of look uh, almost lost at the moment yeah um, yeah and again uh, I'm not shedding a tear no no me neither speaking of teams that are really good uh, the Mariners like we both thought are looking pretty good so far this year as well been playing really well I mean all they really need is for Ichiro to come back and I think they'd be a championship team <laughs> yeah Ichiro Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> yeah there you go why there not? you go why not uh, they did play with each other play on the same team with the Mariners they were yeah. in the, the twilight of both of their careers but yep. uh, you know I think you picked them to win the AL West. So I did. Uh, see, if you keep listening to the Ranger Report, you're getting just in-depth, correct predictions and knowledge. You know what I mean? Um, but right now, yeah, the, the, the A's and the Mariners are, are really good. The Angels have the, the capability of doing that because their offense is so good. And But the, if, if their pitching comes around, which I don't think it will, they just the, the pitching staff just not, does not look all that all that great unless uh you know alex claudio's out there but yeah um yeah that's sad to see him in an angel uniform but uh back to the back to the uh, the mariners we haven't seen them yet so uh but they're just a team that, again that, like you mentioned to start the season the, the very young talented players that are ready plugged in with some veterans that have been there before so whew, yeah, uh, yeah it's it's yeah, well the AL West has been better than we gave it any credit for to start the year. We will admit that we were wrong again. Integrity. Yeah, uh, we did. Well, definitely not, you've yeah. got, you've got you know all of the teams except for the Rangers have at least ten wins, and uh, you know Oakland has won thirteen of their last fourteen. You know the Mariners are uh, six and four in their last ten, and you know the Angels have been struggling. Uh, they're three and seven, and the Rangers are four and six. But I, I mean, yeah, the the nine and thirteen is the worst record, and nine and thirteen, if you think about it, is really not that bad. They're only four games under. Well, especially if you consider who the, who they've played already. Uh, yeah. Now they're playing the Angels for the second time, who have an f- extremely good offense. They're play they played the Padres. Now again, they didn't yep. have Fernando Tatis Jr. at the time, but that still doesn't mean that the lineup isn't extremely potent, and their bullpen is insanely good, insanely yes. good. They they had an under one ERA when they faced the Rangers. I mean, they just they're unhittable. Yeah. So, and yeah. that's a team that I picked to win the World Series. Uh, did you pick to make the NLCS? Am I right? Yeah, I did. And then yes. they faced the Toronto Blue Jays, who I also picked to, to make the World Series. Uh, a team with a, a whole bunch of high name, uh, 
big named sons of big name yeah. players, uh, yep. big name Hall of Fame players, and another team that's super super talented. As long as they all stay healthy, Rangers have already played them, and they you know they've played the White Sox, who you picked to win the World Series, if I'm not correct. Right. So another young team with Jose Abreu and a whole bunch of super talented that, and they put a a. a, a uh, dang it! Here we go. I'm gonna try to review that. And they put a, a graphic up on the TV yesterday, I believe, yesterday or the day before. And uh, CJ Nikowski and Dave Raymond talked about how many of the White Sox first-round picks over the past what eight years are on the big league roster and still with the White Sox. That's yeah. called effective drafting, and. Yes. Yeah, so they've built, and they've built, and they were terrible there for a couple of years not too long ago, and now they're really good. So that's who the Rangers have played. Now, you tell me, you go into a 12 games, three series against the Padres, Blue Jays, and White Sox. What's immediately your, the record you think is going to be? For the Rangers. I mean, may, maybe one and eight. Yeah. Maybe two and seven. Yeah, yeah you're, hoping, you're hoping that they win. If they win one game out of those three series, you're that's okay. Yeah, you know, they win. They take one game from each of those three teams, and that's okay. Well, they did better than that. Yeah. So, yep. Uh, yeah, they, the the Rangers. The record is not indicative, really, of how they've played. Now they've had some some, no. some down games. Really, the first two to start the year, I think, were the yeah. two worst games they played. I agree. So they, when you look at the Rangers' record and you look at the rest of the AL West, it's like, man, okay. They're the, all the four teams or all five teams are better than we thought they were. Uh, no, all four. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll exclude yeah, the yeah. Astros. We'll exclude the Astros. Yeah, but uh, you know, the Rangers have the second worst run differential in the American League, uh, behind Detroit, who's is rid- at a ridiculous negative thirty-eight. The Rangers are negative eighteen. Uh, the, the <laughs> Detroit is negative thirty-eight. But you think about that to be, to have a run differential of negative eighteen and still only be four games under five hundred. You know they're still like we don't think they're going anywhere this year, obviously. No. But they're definitely outperforming what we thought they would. You know, twenty games into the season. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And uh, if you would have told me that, that that would be the record right now, I'd be happy. You know, yeah, I was thinking, I was thinking, you know, seven and sixteen, seven mm-hmm. and seventeen, you know, somewhere in there. So nine and thirteen, I'm pretty happy with. Yeah, especially considering again who they've already played. Yeah, and they're staying right around five hundred every ten games. They're four and six in the last ten, so they're hovering right around that. And think about that—that's getting swept by that's, Chicago. Yeah, considering the yeah the Chicago sweep, so so they were four and three. So that means if they'd won one of those games, they'd be you know five and five in their last ten. Which you know they're they're just right on the verge of at least hanging in for now. Yeah, just need to see hopefully just some consistency. If they can get some consistency, some bleh. good lord, I can't speak tonight. If they can get some <laughs> consistency. There's, I mean, there's no telling what we're talking about here in the next month, you know. And I'm not. Yeah, I, I mean, they could actually, they could actually kind of be in it yeah, at the All Star break. Yeah, and I'm saying, I'm not trying to say, holy cow, here come. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying this team is going to be, if they can get that consistency, a whole lot more fun to watch in a rebuilding season than we ever anticipated before the before it started. 
Oh, yeah, I agree with that completely. So, And then, of course, we've talked about the Mariners. The Angels are basically who we thought they were. They're a pretty good team with good offense and decent pitching who are probably going to wind up in third place in the American League West. Um, you know, and Pujols can still hit. Trout, of course, is still going to be Mike Trout. Otani is pretty amazing to watch at the plate and pitch. I mean, they're, they're, they're actually, I don't like them. But I like some of their players. Oh, like you can't. Who, how can how can you not like Trout and how can you not like Pujols? And I kind of like Otani too. But uh, you know they're fun. To, they're fun to watch. But they're just they're like the Rangers, but a little better. They're just kind of in that middle, hovering there in the middle kind of standings sort of a team. Yeah, they're they're to me they're a middle of the road team as far across they're an the 80, board. They're like an eighty one and eighty one yeah, team. They're yeah, across the board they're a middle of the road team, and then that's based mainly because of their pitching. Their offense is really good. When Justin Upton gets hot, it's insane. Yeah, yeah just, but I, you know what I can't honestly believe is that this is the last year of Albert Pujols' 10-year contract. I didn't think he'd make it that far, but I will say one thing. He is still excellent with runners in scoring yeah. position. Oh, yeah. Excellent oh, yeah. with runners in scoring position. But it is painful to watch him do anything else but hit. It is. When you watch him play first, I feel really bad. Or like uh, I love how Dave and CJ, whenever – Whenever Pools hits into a double play, they're like, and uh, he's got a little time there to throw that ball over to first. Well, and then there was one <laughs> grounder that hit. they hit to first. And, it, you know, it was a play a, an average first baseman would have tried to turn two on. And Pools yeah. just grabbed it and slowly trotted to first, and Dave Raymond goes, Pujols spritz to first to get the out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fun It's fun to make fun of, but man, I'll tell you what, when you put a bat in that man's hand, he is still dangerous. And, that's, and I know a lot of people would, would get upset about it with the way he plays, and it looks like he doesn't care. That's not the case. He's no, 41, he's, just hurting. he's hurting, yeah. and he's trying to make it through a 162-game season and get yep. as, many, as many at-bats as he can. You're going to see him at DH most of the time. But, yeah, yeah, when he plays first, he's got to play first. Some guys need days off. So Yeah. Well, and kudos to him, you know, for, for still – I mean, like you said, I never thought you'd see him the 10 years in still playing, and he's still performing. Like, he's still – he may not be what he was, you know, in uh, 2010, 2011 with the Cardinals, but he's still performing at 41 years old, and he's still dangerous at the plate. Yeah, he's not the 330, 40 home run, 140 RBI guy. No, no, but he can still believe it or not. He, I think he can still break 100 RBIs this year. He's yeah, just, and I think he can still. I think he can still do 25 home runs. I think so too. Uh, but as far as doubles and triples, yeah, I mean, we might see single digits in extra base hits outside of home runs. <laughs> if he got a triple this year, I would probably like you know lose my you know what. Uh, I don't think that's like when Benji, Benji Molina got the triple yeah. for the Rangers. <laughs> I, <was about> to <laughs> say. I mean. That would be national news immediately yeah. if Albert Pujols got a triple. Yeah. Basically, someone would have to like run into the wall, hurt themselves, and just lay there yeah. for a while for Albert Pujols to get a triple. Yeah, and then the, you know, halfway between second and third, the uh, the relay throw, the guy just holds it and says, "You know what? Just go." Yeah, <laughs> just let him go to third. Yeah, because yeah. like I remember watching Molina truck it. Man, that was so funny. Oh, by the time he got to second, I thought they were gonna have to pick him up with a pooper scooper. But man, he somehow yeah, made it too. to third. And once he did, I was like, might as well get a pinch runner out there. I know he's at third, but. <laughs> yeah, he wanted that cycle, man. Yeah, that was that was cool. To, that was cool to see. And actually, Albert Pujols had he uh, lined one against the Rangers down the line in left field, easy double for anybody, but he couldn't make it to second. Yeah. So it turned out to be a long single. Yeah. Well, the good thing is I could hit the ball uh, to to the wall, bounce into a weird direction, and I'd probably still get thrown out at first. So yeah, I can't really make fun of him. Well, hitting the ball out there in, in the first place is a is a very tall order. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't do that either. So you know, I'm just saying. I'm not poking fun at you either. I, I, no, I, I'm saying if I 
if I closed my eyes and swung and somehow accidentally hit the ball out there, I probably still wouldn't make it to first. Yeah, you, you closing your eyes and swinging would be like Smalls trying to catch the ball in left field and just saying, please yeah, catch it. Yeah. Please catch it. Quick story on, on my last uh, my last year to play slow-pitch softball. I, uh, I, I, I hit a ball, you know, in the in the hole and I close my eyes man and I'm running and I'm thinking you know I'm almost there and I open my eyes and I'd made it like three feet from home plate you know and I was like wow this is sad and I got thrown at it first by like the right fielder so uh my last I I decided it was time for me to stop my last game two years ago it was my first time in quite a few years to play softball and I I was I got a good bat and I can play the field play third base I play the hot corner but yeah my first bat I hit the ball hard in between third and short and started taking off to first like I was still 18. Yeah. I fell down after three steps because <laughs> the body was going forward. My legs were just, I, it was like Roadrunner. But my body, yeah. you know, all the all yeah. the heavy weight yeah. up top just kept moving, yeah. kept falling That's kind of what's That's kind of what slowed me down, too, in the, uh, as, I, as I got uh, more seasoned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a good way to put it. My, uh, my legs are still young. Everything else, especially up top, not so much. All right, well, I think that's about all we got for tonight. It was, uh, I think, a pretty good show. There's so much to talk about. We had to do one tonight, even though we just had Jared on Thursday. We got uh, Jeff Wilson coming up, I believe, possibly later this week. And then we also have some players that uh, Frisco's about to get started. Round Rock's about to get started. So I've been in contact with them, and we should have some uh, minor leaguers coming on to talk to us about their future uh, with the Rangers, which will be a lot of fun. So stay tuned for that. Um, Other than that, you know, we're going to keep writing, and we're going to keep talking. And so I hope you guys keep listening. Yeah, and when Frisco comes up here to Amarillo, I will be there. So hopefully I can get some interviews and some video and some other good double-A uh, treatment for you. Yep, and I should be uh, – I've been talking to them when they're going to let – they don't know when they're going to let media into Frisco, but when they do, I'm on the list. So hopefully I'll c- cover a couple of those games as well. Your Rolodex is long. It is. I would do Round Rock, but, man, I ain't driving five hours for See, a game. See, I used to live down there. We could have made this work yeah. even better, but oh, well. We could have, but, yeah. No, I mean, just, you know, as much as I love the, the ballpark there oh, in yeah. Round Rock, it's so beautiful. I'm not driving because I live in East Texas, so it's about five hours to Round Rock. Yeah, I was one hour away, and I got to see yeah. I got to see uh, Dell Diamond every time I went down to Austin. It's so That's just a beautiful yeah. area, and the stadium it is. just it makes is. it even better. Well, like I said, I'm I'm less than two hours from Frisco, so that's very doable. But, you know, five hours, not unless, you know, Nolan Ryan's going to be there, which he was the last time I went there. I am a five-minute walk from Hodgetown, so. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, the sod poodles are right there. You can hear them whenever they're having whatever function is in playing the loudspeakers. You can hear them. It just echoes all the way downtown, so it's great. (laughs) That's great. All right, don't forget to buy us a coffee or become a patron if uh, you want to do that. We would appreciate it. And go to therangerreport.com slash shop and look at uh, some of the merchandise. We have some hoodies up there now as well as some uh, beanies and some regular hats and some shirts and all kind of stuff that uh, CJ and I now have a bunch of, which, you know, apparently I'm my biggest buyer. So that I guess I don't know if that's good or bad. Yeah, I've, I got, I've had a couple people buy some things. <laughs> Yep, yep. It's it's good stuff, so go check it out. But anyway, we are done. We will talk to you guys next week. CJ, thanks. This is... Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report Podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at therangerreport.com.